Goff's three minutes. Your story. Cause knowledge is. So this podcast will be a local history episode, and it hits pretty close to home for me. My wife is from Ripley, and this actually occurred in what became the front yard of my mother-in-law when she grew up. Also, just a heads up, this is not going to be anywhere close to three minutes. Now this podcast has graphic details that may not be suited for all, so be advised. In the early morning hours of November 4th, 1897, in the Grasslick area of Jackson County, West Virginia, John Morgan awoke at the farm of Mrs. Chloe Green and along with her son went out to feed the hogs. Upon reaching the pen, Morgan took a hatchet and killed the boy. He proceeded then to the house in which he had worked for the past five years. He strode into the kitchen, hiding the hatchet behind his back, and struck the youngest daughter in the head. He then went into the dining room and struck the older daughter twice in the head, killing her before going upstairs and kicking in Mrs. Green's door, killing her while she got dressed. Unbeknownst to him, the youngest daughter downstairs was only wounded and not dead, and she got up and ran to the neighbor's house. Morgan fled and was captured later that afternoon. The following events depict his trial and hanging, which would become the last public hanging in West Virginia. The town of Ripley, West Virginia, at the time had a population of only 500 and was shaken by these events. Both John Morgan and the Green family were both well known. Morgan was considered a harmless fellow, with the only mark against him being that his father was also a murderer and had only escaped the hangman's noose because he had climbed up in a tree and the only way to get him out was to shoot him out of it. Now during the subsequent trial, motives including insanity, money, and hopeless love were thrown around to no avail. He was convicted and sentenced to hang exactly one month after the crime occurred. The mood was so tense that if Morgan had not been hanged, the sheriff thought a lynching was sure to occur. So while awaiting his execution, he even fashioned a dummy, hid it in his cell, and actually walked out of the jail, only to be caught several days later claiming he was, quote, on his way back. Now, a spot on top of an Indian mound rising around 25 feet above the surrounding 10-acre field in what is now the parking lot of Ripley High School was chosen for the gallows. Now, this was only the second hanging in Jackson County history and the first in nearly 50 years. As news spread, crowds began coming from all around. People came from up to 100 miles away, some traveling in excess of two days to get to Ripley for this. All boarding houses were full and people camped in the field near the gallows and in the courthouse lawn. Every train into town was packed to capacity. The New York Sun newspaper even sent a reporter to cover the events. In all, upwards of 5,000 people crowded into the small town. And while this may seem macabre by today's standards, at the time, the mood bordered on that of a county fair, with families gathering excitedly. Now, in the days leading up to the hanging, the swelling town became the scene of something resembling that county fair. Vendors set up all over the town square in the gallows field, hucking their wares. There was a three-person acting troupe that came through and performed plays for the crowds, always ending in hanging. To cheers. And while Ripley was a temperance town prohibiting the sale of alcohol, there were no rules against drinking, and the townsfolk took full advantage. 
As dawn broke on December 16, 1897, the crown surrounded the courthouse and jail, awaiting the sights of the prisoner and the festivities that awaited. When rumors of a stay of execution by the governor began, men started gathering in groups to take matters into their own hands, prompting assurances by the sheriff that he would hang as planned. Since there were no telegraph lines into Ripley, the only way they got information was by dispatches brought by the train. So the sheriff decided not to wait on the afternoon train and a bigger crowd, just in case a dispatch from the governor was on it, staying at the execution, and so he moved up the execution time to noon. The sheriff, having never hanged anyone prior, practiced tightening and loosening a noose on his deputy in his office to make sure things went smooth in front of the crowds. The rope, surprisingly, had been used in three other hangings. Morgan would be its fourth victim. And since there hadn't been a hanging in Jackson County in almost 50 years, this rope must have been willing to travel from gallow to gallow. At 11 in the morning, the procession began from the courthouse to the gallows, a journey of a little over a mile if you're familiar with Ripley. Three wagons, one for the jury, one for the coffin, and one for John Morgan led the parade. At five foot four, he was dressed in a new black suit and shoes, sadly, the first new clothes he'd ever worn. It was quite a scene, with the sober citizens reciting prayers and singing hymns, of which Morgan joined in, and the rowdy drunks shouting jeers and jokes at the condemned man. The trees surrounding the gallows were full of men and boys, many who had spent the night up in there. Some sat on horses, some in wagons, and many on the fence to get a better view of the proceedings. Many crowding up against the fence got stuck on the barbed wire and cut up as the crowd surged. One man along the fence even stopped the reporter to say, It's great, ain't it? I'm 79, and I haven't seen a hanging. It taint like I'm ever going to get another chance. That's the reason I came, all the way from Calhoun County. As Morgan ascended the gallows, the sheriff gave him an opportunity for his last words. After choking back tears several times, he managed to say, God help and forbid any young man going and acting as I have done. Goodbye. Goodbye. After shaking hands with the men on the platform, he allowed the rope to be slung around his neck. When the sheriff pulled the lever, Mr. Morgan's neck was snapped. As he fell, Morgan was allowed to hang there for over half an hour as cheers led way to shouts of 5,000 people trying to be the first to get out of town and back to where they came from. And that was the end of Mr. John Morgan and the last public hanging in the state of West Virginia. Now this account was taken from the Jackson Herald, a local newspaper that still provides the news to residents of Ripley and Jackson County. I've linked the article in my show notes and provides a lot more details of this 19th century execution in case you're interested. Also, there are quite a few photographs in the links from that day providing a pretty good look at the crowd and gallows and just a scene in the late 1890s. Now, if you were wondering, Morgan's not the last person to be publicly hanged in the United States. That distinction goes to Rainey Bethea, who confessed to the rape and murder of a 70-year-old woman and was convicted and hanged in Owensboro, Kentucky in 1936. Class dismissed. This podcast written, produced, and narrated by Isaac Goff in wild, wonderful Ward County, West Virginia. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle.